It's like the worst thing. I don't know if it's the same for you. I would imagine it's different, but like we work in the industry. We're on courses constantly. We're talking with people constantly, but I feel like I've never played less in my life. I know, right? I, is it the same you feel thing? that way too? It is. Okay. It's totally okay. that way. Well, it's you not get, just us. That's you good. get in the business and then yeah. your golf game goes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's real. because It's less. Like, Welcome back, everybody, to episode five of the Wedgies podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm joined today by my brother. Hello, brother. Caden. And we are freshly back from Christmas break, Christmas, if you will. New Year's craziness. From yeah. the holidays. How was your holiday, my brother? Well, I mean, just we obviously spent Christmas morning together. Oh, that we did. We yeah. are brothers. Me asking you how your Christmas yeah. was. I yeah. was there. But you know how my Christmas morning went. Why don't you let them in on a little... Little secret about your Christmas morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean Christmas morning? Well, I spent the night on the couch, but why did I do that? Oh, that thing. Caden got food poisoning on cr- Christmas Eve. Well, you started we, feeling we st- it. We're on Christmas still, Eve. we are still unaware of how we got sick. And by we, there was we went to a family party with my girlfriend. A bunch of people from that party got sick. We're not sure if it was something in the food or somebody had the flu and brought it in. Either, Either way. way Thanks or not Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve night, all day I'm feeling great. Christmas Eve night, right at about midnight. You were fine the whole day. And then I was getting ready to go to bed and my bedroom at my parents' house is in the basement and Caden was sleeping on the couch in the main floor. And I was like, all right. And then I didn't know until the morning that you were up dealing with stuff all night. I was puking all night. There we go. Now it's out there. Puking all night. Woke up the next morning. So tired while everyone's open gifts, but still a great Christmas. Well, good. It was fun. Good, good. But yeah, and then we both kind of had our own little uh, trip after that. I went out to Arizona for New Year's with my girlfriend and her family. Got to play some golf, which was fantastic because can't play it here. Yep. Played two rounds of golf, and then the two days that we were off, we hit the range. So there was balls being hit every day. It was awesome. And then the highlight for me, I guess, from that would have been the last round of golf that we played. I had a near hole out on hole 18 on the last hole. It hit, it one hopped, rolled around the cup twice, and just trickled out. So, wow, good had enough some, for me in the offseason. Had some hot action on that ball, huh? It was it it was not, it was coming in hot, but it was wow. nice. All right, it was tracking. So we had we had fun <clears throat> there. And then you were, oh uh, yeah, I also went on a trip with my girlfriend and her family. Uh, they do a trip for Christmas every year, and this year was a little bit of a, a change, uh, a change up. Uh, we originally were supposed to go to um, Yellowstone and parts of Montana and Idaho, uh, stay in a cabin, and we were supposed to go snowmobiling through Yellowstone, the park, and then dog sledding in Montana. And about two days before we headed up there, uh, the dog sled place clo- uh, called and said that they... Uh, were closed because they had no snow. And then like 15 minutes later, Snowmobile Place had to cancel as well because of no snow in the park. So we still went up. We still had a good time, hung out at the cabin, snowmobiled at a different place, but basically cut the trip short like two or three days and came back home. So Either way, good times had by all. Good times. You may not have been able to snowmobile or dog sled, but what you have been able to do is have a new guest on the podcast and chat with them. Yes. Which we will show yes. you here in a bit. We're shooting with a new guest, 
later today at Scratch Golf Lab, Scott Peterson from Scott Golf, founder, designer, creator, everything, genius, mastermind. Um, and he was, uh, yeah. he'll, he'll be a lot of fun to talk with. We're really excited about it. So we'll throw it over to that. Yeah. And uh, check out his website, check out his Instagram. The stuff he makes is beautiful. Like some of the most pretty clubs and manufacturing I have ever seen. So uh, we'll go chat with him, but uh, look him up. Yep. So stay tuned for that. Okay. All right. So today we are joined by an awesome guest. So this is Scott Peterson, the creator and founder of Scott Golf. So uh, Scott, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you here today. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, you Excited bet. to be here. Um, so I think first and foremost, uh, obviously we're kind of introducing you to a lot of our audience and things like that. So just want to kind of get the background on who Scott, the, the person is, but also the designer and master behind, uh, the clubs are. Okay. A little background on myself. Um, I've been golfing since I was like 10. Um, grew up in Oregon, Florida, back, ended up back here in Utah. I'm a general contractor and engineer by most of my known trades until about 20 years ago I started playing around mm -hmm. making golf clubs again to see what I could do. Nice. Um, and it took me a, a few sets to get where I was comfortable with them, but they they became outstanding and now I think are one of the greats in the world just not known yet right yeah you by, just gotta you just gotta many. spread the word and right then, okay. right yeah yeah i mean uh for those of you that that aren't aware um or haven't seen them scott's clubs that he makes are like some of the most beautiful irons wedges and putters i've ever seen like they are so sleek so cool um and so kind of one of the biggest questions that i've had obviously kind of before meeting you was how do you go from you know being just a player of the game to designing and making the coolest clubs ever. Well, now I want to follow up with that question too. You mentioned in your fantastic bio that you just gave um, that you're an engineer, right? Correct. And you have those skills and, and everything. So why golf? Like, how did you get there? You could make anything, do anything. Why, what, what was it about golf that called you to it? Um, so in, in the early, late 90, late 1990s, I, I've, been a golfer forever, but I just kind of noticed the feel and the the performance that I liked in golf was getting lost by most of the big six. And so I started playing Japanese clubs. So I played 14s and, and Miras and Mizuno, um, which are all fantastic companies. Um, but I was like, okay, what do they have that I don't? And why isn't anybody out of the United States doing this? So it, it was just a, a thought at, at one moment that said, okay, I can do this, okay? So I made a design and crafted it out of steel and was kind of ugly at first. <laughs> it was yeah, pretty bad. I, I can imagine that your first uh, stab at it probably wasn't your best work of all time. But um, no, I mean, because I did a little bit of research into you as well, and I know that prior to kind of diving into the clubs and, and, and the golf world, 
you were a home builder and commercial designer, correct? Correct. Um, how do you feel like those two things, like how much crossover is there between designing homes and building commercial uh, uh, buildings to clubs? Uh, so standards of excellence. Okay. Okay. So I hold my my companies at a very high standard. Mm-hmm. And we will be second to no one. Okay. In both industries. Yeah. So we're never the cheapest, but we are one of the best. And customer feedback in both areas is outstanding. No, that's awesome. I mean, um, so you, you mentioned you've been playing golf since you were 10. Yeah. Right. Just a general question that I want to throw out is so Caden, my, my brother and I, we've probably been playing since we were like eight. Yeah, seven or eight. Roughly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, growing up playing the game, it wasn't very cool. It wasn't cool to golf when we were young. We, we would have been the early 2000s, right? Yeah, and I mean, early 2010s going to yeah, high school. Yeah, t- 2000, 2010 is, is when we were playing. And there was, you know, people would, would ask me like, oh, like what sports you do or what do you do? And we played basketball and golf growing up. Caden and I did, and I'd be like, oh, I play basketball and, and golf. And kids in our own high school would be like, oh, we have a golf team. You know, like it, it wasn't very, wasn't very <laughs> cool growing up um, to now, like it's one of the biggest sports in the world. COVID had a lot to do with that, right? Com- completely oh, blowing sure. it up. And um, game is arguably, you know, as big as it's ever been on a, on a global scale. And because of that, we're seeing a lot of new companies emerge in the golf space. We're seeing a lot of collaboration between existing companies. Um, you mentioned Mira already, right? Uh, with being Japanese. They recently announced a collaboration with Grayson Clothers. Right. You've seen that. What are you, I just want to get your general thoughts on that as we're kind of talking about equipment and now kind of where the game is at today. Wow. Okay. So uh, the game today is obviously, um, yeah, it's, it's gone a hundredfold in the last five years. Um, collaborations are, are great. I think it's a good thing coming up and, and people are starting to see this and put it into work. Um, Mira Grayson. Great. Good job. You know, uh, I don't know where I'll go with it, but you know, hopefully we'll find some good connections and make, make a run with that. Yeah, and I was kind of curious kind of along that too. Um, your kind of perspective as to like who the ideal player for Scott Golf Clubs is, can you give us some insight into that? Uh, so, yeah, um, and we've done a lot, of, a lot of this recently is everybody out there, social media is so big anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it drives every business. So everybody wants to be their own brand, right? So what we do at Scott Golf is we create a set of clubs customized to you, which helps you brand yourself in this industry, which nobody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're collaborating with other companies, but they're not bringing that person and their individuality into that set of clubs, which kind of sets me apart from the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you want to walk us kind of through that process a little bit? Yeah, that was my next question to just, 
Are you saying just kind of like, you know, I find it, Scott uh, on the website and everything and I want a set of clubs. What does that process exactly start like, to finish look like? Exactly. Like, or if I'm listening to the podcast and I'm like, wow, this sounds really interesting. I want to learn more. What's the process for somebody coming into that wants to play Scott equipment? What is that kind of beginning to end process look like? What can someone expect? Oh, they can expect. Um, so first of all, we'll want to have a, a, an interview or a phone call. Mm -hmm. I want to get a little, I want to learn a little bit about them. I want to know what they want. A lot of people just want a set of clubs and that's fine. A lot of people want their personal logo. So if I do them for baseball players, football players, et cetera, basketball, they have, <clears throat> a lot of them have a, a logo that is their own personal logo. Mm -hmm. And then we'll, we'll incorporate that into the club somewhere, whether it's on the head or usually on the head. Most of the time wedges, wedges, mm -hmm. putters. Just because um, there's more of that surface area on the back to right, stamp things. Right, and thing. yeah. It's like a clear slate yeah. to, to do your artwork. And then uh, we'll proof their art. I'll, I do all the image prep, prep mm -hmm. before it goes to machine and get it proofed and test it, see if they like it, and go. Nice. And so in that process, is there... I mean, because of how custom they are, I'm sure there's lots of like proofs and things that you're sending and getting feedback uh, back and forth. But in terms of like testing the clubs and things, is like, do you have a process set up where, you know, guys can come out and hit a number of your clubs and then kind of go off of there, or, or how does that? Oh yeah, work? yeah. So I have fitters across the U.S. Oh cool. That are able to fit people, that which is a critical part of getting the best set of clubs to fit your game anyway. Yeah. So. If they're in Utah area, I do it here okay. locally. If they're in uh, Florida, I have three or four around that state. Okay. Um, California as well. And uh, Chicago just hooked up with Nippon. Oh, cool. So Nippon Shaft Centers uh -huh. is going to have my heads in their fitting facilities, wow. which is big. So that's huge. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I mean, that was something that I actually wasn't aware of prior to to just now is I figured that you probably, I mean, obviously you home base out of Utah. That's where most of the manufacturing actually happens. Is that correct or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you're saying that, you know, you have areas across the U S where, you know, people don't have to travel all the way to Utah to get your clubs. They can do it. Correct. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. What does the creation of the irons look like? So, uh, design first mm -hmm. and I'll sketch everything out. And then if, once I like what I'm seeing, then I'll take it to, AutoCAD and put it in CAD and 3D it. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I can see what it is. Then I, then I got to send it overseas to get the molds made, um, get them proofed, get one made. If, I, if it's good and I like it, you know, first, usually I get them back, I make changes, take them back in my shop, start grinding, cutting, doing the detailing that I like to see. And then send it back to them. I love that. And, like, I mean, you talk about Japan and stuff. Like, we work very closely with Mizuno. Okay. Uh, great friends of ours. Um, their, their irons are awesome. Like, oh, that, yeah. that feel that you talk about is, like, it's so real. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, they obviously, they're Japanese, and they make all their stuff over there. And 
that's that's exciting i think to me that we've got something like that here in utah like in the oh yeah in the backyard that's so cool yeah i mean let alone custom club manufacturers yeah. but and like but why, why do you stay here it? why haven't you gone to scottsdale or what jupiter or whatever why here um family you know mm-hmm. family ties now yeah i mean i i did live in florida for 20 years mm-hmm. so did you start scott out there you started the brand out there or did, was it here no, i started it here okay Wow. So, um, why not? I don't know. You know, I wonder sometimes, but, and I have a lot of friends in Scottsdale, mm-hmm. I have a few near Jupiter yeah. you know, in, in that area of Florida. Um, I, I live near Tampa, mm-hmm. so most of my contacts are on the west coast of Florida, but um, there's... A few nice courses in Florida. Yeah, there are. One or two, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, there are. There's a couple of good ones, so. Yeah. yeah are my... you going to play it all while you're out there? Yes. <laughs> I uh, want to take our clubs out. I know. We'll just, I mean, we're out there for a lot of client work and then also our own networking opportunities, and so the See, time to be able to go play for <clears throat> four or five hours is is difficult for us, especially with our team size, but. Yeah, we we'll drive see. by see so many there. cool courses. And oh, my god! It's like the worst thing. I don't know if it's the same for you. I'd imagine it's different. But, like, we work in the industry. We're on courses constantly. We're talking with people constantly. But I feel like I've never played less in my life. I know, right? I, is it the same feel for you? feel that way, too? It is. Okay. It's totally okay. that way. Well, it's you not get, just us. That's you get in the business, and then yeah. your golf game goes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's real. Cause it's like, less. We all talked about it, and we're like, how can we make what Dane always talks about? Like he read Phil Knight's shoe dog book. Mm -hmm. And and one of the things that he cites all the time is Phil Knight talks in that book about how he wanted to make running as every day because it was when he was in school, but then after it wasn't. So he's like, how can I make running my every day? And so Dane will talk a lot about that specifically that he read that part of the book and he's like, how can I make golf my every day? And so that was, and you know, we obviously felt the same way and we're like, yeah, how can we do that? And then like, ironically, we played less than we ever have. And I mean, it's still like, it still beats being close to the game and the people in it, like still beats working some other, you know, nine to five job and playing more. Like I'd rather be closer to the industry and the people in it than not. And if that means sacrificing a few rounds a year, then like, that's okay. Sure. But it is torture sometimes when we go shoot, you know, we were, we were doing a project for Mizuno where we were, filming and talking with all their PGA players and they're sitting there striping balls. And it's just watching that is just the biggest form of torture. Well, I think we, out have you there, been, you know, sea Island, <laughs> have you been to sea Island it's in Georgia, in, in Georgia? Southern Georgia. Oh, I've, I've been there. Okay, okay, cool. So that's where our shoot was at. Okay. And they've got this, you know, insane training complex, right? Super nice facility. And then they have like three, or four, I think four, if you count the one on the other side of the street, but they've got three or four courses, courses all right there that you can play. And Kiva and myself had the opportunity to film some matches on every, all of those courses um, with like pros, corn fairy guys, LPGA girls and stuff. And these beautiful courses and they're playing so well. And we're just sitting there like, can I hit one? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I know, right? What we would have done to just yeah. hit play one hole or hit one shot hoping they have to take a bathroom break so you can sneak out and hit one or something yeah. 
Yeah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, you're like, oh, I've been on that course. Yeah. Oh, what'd you shoot? Oh no, I didn't. Yeah. No, I know all the holes, but I didn't. A camera. I, I shot a camera. Hole. I walked it. <laughs> yeah, I walked it. No, but we'll have to Can't get out and play once it warms up a bit. Yeah. I yeah, honestly use a little bit. I would love to take a swing with one of the one of the irons, so that'd be awesome. Um, one major question that I have is, I mean, we talked a little bit about the game, you know, in the '90s. You're talking about that. We talked a little about the, you know, 2000s stuff like that. I'm curious, as a club manufacturer and designer, um, what are some like major pitfalls that you've seen in clubs today? You know, like you you touched on it a little bit in the past, right? And you'd been playing some clubs from the big six and you hadn't seen anything that was like what you were used to or trying to find. What are some things that you see today in equipment today that maybe are falling a little flat or a little short? So what I'm seeing in the whole industry across the board right now is distance. Mm -hmm. Okay. So everybody is, has gone to what they want to call AI designs, jelly filled irons, and they're strengthening the lofts. Okay. So if I, I think that's a bad thing to do. Okay. Nobody needs to be hitting their pitching wedge 185 yards. Okay. That's, but it's fun. It's cool to do that in front of your cool. ball. <laughs> <laughs> At your scramble tournament. I know, right? <laughs> but then where's the rest of the clubs fit in? Yeah. Okay, so you could make a set like six through pitch mm-hmm. and be done. Yeah. Okay, so as it, as it is already, okay, if, if there's a good player can hit a driver 275 to 300, they never see a five or a six iron anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why do you need to keep strengthening lofts. Yeah. Okay. In my eyes, that's, um, it's a gimmick. Mm -hmm. Okay. The big clubs are, big club manufacturers are full of uh, gimmick cells across the board from driver to their wedges. Yeah. Yeah. And and to build on that question, I want to talk to you about this too, because Tanner and I were actually having this conversation with our dad last night. Um, about kind of these gimmicky things that a lot of the bigger club manufacturers are doing to where it's kind of whatever's trending in that year or in that couple years. So you said AI right now, you know, as a consumer and as an avid golfer myself, I'm like, what does AI have to do with a club face? You know, and, and back in, you know, a couple of years ago is it was carbon. Everything was carbon. Uh, when you talk about jelly-filled Je- yeah, jelly, like what does that actually heads too, do? Injected heads, all this kind of stuff. Other than just simply act as a buzzword for people to say, okay, well, I now need jelly-filled irons, or I now need an AI face to, to improve my game. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that the, uh, the general public, the general population that watches golf, they like that. Okay, they want to see... Yeah. They, they think they can buy a game in a box. Okay, now, boom, okay, okay, so-and-so came up with this new iron, and they're saying it's faster, it's, mm-hmm. it's longer, it's got less spin. Well, I could take my 7-iron and put a P on it and claim the same thing. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so now my 7-iron's a pitching wedge. Uh-huh. And you can smack that 180, I can 190. Hit that 180 <laughs> yards all day long. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and to kind of go off that too, obviously the the new changes in in kind of the regulations of the ball that we're allowed to play now. Um, what's kind of your take on that? Because obviously you're more in favor of the playability, workability, the feel of iron specifically. Uh, now that the ball is going to be going a little bit shorter, do you think we're going to see this jump in even more distance and even more speed? Oh, that's I, that's a good question. I I don't know what what's around the corner anymore. Uh, you know. Yeah, just everything's changing that's, so fast. That's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, with everything changing so fast, which is very true, and you know, we've talked about carbon fiber, AI. Like, mm-hmm. there's these kind of cool terms or these buzzwords that come every two to three years or, or whatever. With everything changing so much and not knowing what's around the corner and stuff like that, what do you look to do in your clubs or what do you aim to keep <laughs> consistent so that no matter what's going on in the golf space, you're making quality equipment? Like what is the Scott promise in the, in the clubs that you create and, and sell? Right. So I, I've thought about that a lot and through the years and what I will always sell will be a one-piece forged head. <clears throat> we'll always use uh, 1020 carbon. <coughs> it has the feel that everybody loves. Okay, a good player loves the feel of a 1020. It's softer. It, um, I'm not. I'm not going to strengthen lofts. If I do, it'll be uh, two degrees on a couple sets that are, you know, my pitching wedge is 48 degrees. So. You know, if I go to the standards of uh, a couple other other big that sort of keep to those standards, you know, 46 will be a, a comfortable normal, but not 40, 41, 42. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I think that's unnecessary. And and the better players will always like that. Yeah. They, they just will. They'll, you know, they're going to, they want to see that. They want to feel the difference. They want to be able to control the ball and know they don't have to carry five wedges now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess kind of with some of that, is there maybe an ideal type of player that you're looking for as a consumer or is it open to anybody? Like how, how does that kind of work on your end? Like what, what type of player should be playing Scott equipment or is there equipment that is there for anybody to use? I, I make equipment that's for everybody. Okay, I have women's irons. I have men's irons, the SGO4 model, which is uh, a more of a game improvement or a forgiving iron. Uh, was uh, my golf spy's number one club in 2021-22. Oh, wow. Um, so we can, we can cater to anybody's game from... 20 handicap to plus five cool or better you know we'll go we'll go with anyone and yeah one thing i wanted to know is um the roster of of scott golf players are there any like really notable players that you know a wide audience would know that who have you worked with throughout the years like you know what rooms have you been in or, or what players have you or people have you interacted with during your time um, you know, I've had interaction with uh, quite a lot. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if some of them would want me, of course, mm-hmm. spreading their, you know, sharing their names and <laughs> totally. Yeah. But yeah, we're, you know, we've been 
involved in pro-ams at Pebble Beach a couple times. Um, some of the other bigger tournaments, uh, which have all kinds of celebrities. Um, I've fit several baseball, basketball, and football players. So uh, notable players that are out there right now, um, pros across the across the U.S. Um, Danny LaCurcy, uh, Milo Lyons, uh, Johnny Stoltz, um, who are all ambassadors for me and sell, mm -hmm. you know, represent and sell. Um, we have uh, on the spot um, Jordy LaBarbera for on the LPGA. Um, uh, we got some big young kids coming up out of South Korea, which is going to oh, be cool. really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's fun to see. Um, but you know the the thing I run across is when I get the opportunity to be in front of somebody who's just got their PGA card or something mm -hmm. that I've been working with, uh, they, when they get that opportunity, okay, then they get a, they get approached. They're all vultures yeah. waiting for that. Okay. Yep. Now here comes a big company offering them a quarter million a year plus expenses and all, all this. Yeah. I, I'm, I can't compete with that. Yeah. And, and that's so true, right? Like we, we have had the privilege to work with a lot of, uh, big companies in, in the golf industry. And you'd be surprised at even how competitive it is for companies that do have those budgets, like just the access and, and what they're able to offer a lot of these players is, is kind of crazy. But what we've seen is kind of this trend in going for what, who's going to be the next big player, right? Instead of going for who is the big player right now. Right. Uh, I, I think it's a really smart move to kind of go, hey, you know, we might not be able to compete with these guys with the biggest names, but who do we feel like we could get now that could 5, 10, 15 years from now be that big name? And so it sounds like kind of that's, that's in a little bit your ideal kind of market right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. We love kids, love the younger golfers. Yeah. No, I, I think that's awesome. And, you know, we, you know, we, we, we today – We've talked a little bit about legacy with some of the, you know, with the Tiger news specifically that that broke this morning. I don't know if you've seen it or I not. I did not. So, I mean, obviously, rumor mill was that he was probably going to be leaving Nike. We've been hearing that for the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Tiger made it official today, announcing the split with you know yep. a company that's been with him for 27 years. Right. Um, been with him, obviously through all the ups and stayed with him through the downs. Kind of talking about legacy, and I think as we're talking a little bit about, you know, looking younger, looking at the youth, kind of getting in with them before they make it big and stuff like that. I, I think that's a, an ideal spot to be in, you know, because you're getting in with somebody, giving them the time and attention that they need when nobody else is at that, you know, at that really crucial time for them. And then obviously, you know, sticking around, you're going to be in a position to stick around with them longer because you were there at the beginning and, and, you know, showing them the time and attention that they need there. So I think that's, Awesome. That's so cool that you've extended your reach beyond the U.S., you know, in those borders. Yeah. South Korea specifically is huge for golf. And, I mean, you were talking about when we were chatting with Dad just last night watching the Century. Yeah. There's Korean players all over there. And I can't remember the one specifically that Dad was highlighting, but he was like, this is a guy you need to watch out I for. He's, Sung, he's Sung usually Jae right Im? about that stuff. 
Yeah, Eames yeah. good. Yeah, he's but he's. You're seeing more and more of these guys and ladies coming up from a country like South Korea. So I mean, you mentioned that, and that just got me a little bit excited because okay. that's I think that's a great spot to be yeah. in and, and very exciting. Yep. Um, and kind of the the last question I had for you is. And and I'm sure there's people all across the United States that that feel like they're in this category to some degree. Um, but where you're at currently, you know, you hear Scotty Cameron, Bob Vokey, all those guys. Does Scott Peterson belong in that category <laughs> five to ten, maybe fifteen years from now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that like a goal that you've had to kind of be in that, no. that category? <clears throat> no, it never has been a goal of mine. But um with the quality of the equipment that I'm putting out, it's, I think it's just going to happen. Yeah. So I think that's so cool. Cause I mean, I, I've never spoken with Scotty. I've never spoken with Bob, but like, I think their mindset is, is very similar to yours and like, let the product speak for itself. Yeah. Um, because the quality of the putters and the, the wedges that they make, you know, respectively is, is what speaks for their name. And that's why their name is where it's at. And I think, you know, if you're kind of on that same trajectory of, of putting the quality and the performance in front of everything else, you're bound to end up in that same kind of category. I, so. I, I hope so. Yeah, I do now. Yeah. Well, let, let's let's do this podcast again in five, okay. ten years when, uh, you know, you're you're a legend in your own right. And uh, we'll see what else we can kind of uh, pull out of you from there. So. Well, and that leads to kind of probably my final question is what's next for Scott Golf? Yeah. Like what's on the horizon? You know, what's on the calendar? What are you excited about? We're into a new year, just barely. What's what's on the horizon for you? Okay, so right away, uh, PGA show in two weeks. Which okay. we will be there, too. You're going to be down there? Okay, right on. Yeah. Sweet. We'll see okay, you good. there. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun. Okay. Yeah, we're doing the career zone set up, too. Oh, cool. sweet. So um, that's big. Then we've got uh, I've got a couple of new, you know, I, I don't want to say new irons because, you know, I'm not going to redesign yeah. something that's not broken. Yeah. Okay, and, that, and that's... You know, it, cosmetic changes maybe, uh -huh. but that's about it. Nice. Um, you know, we're spread we're spread all over the world. We have 25 shops in South Korea now. Oh wow! Um, we have a clothing brand that is going to be released at the PGA show. Cool. Um, Any insight you can give us early on that, uh, or do we have to wait to see? You know, I haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is fun. <laughs> I know. So I'm going in blind. Cool. Nice. Okay. I'm going to get it later this week. Cool. Uh, Very cool. It's all made in the U.S. It's made in, uh, it's made in Manhattan. Oh wow! Uh, okay, so we have a manufacturer in in New York City that's doing the, the clothing line for men and women, and the caps. Cool. Okay, this is one of the caps. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. A little minimal cheap so, design. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. cool. And then, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's that's going to be really exciting. So you got a lot on so, the on the horizon for this I got, next year. I got a lot on my plate right now. <laughs> that's <laughs> Very cool. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Good year. Sweet. It'll be great. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming in and chatting with us for a bit, and uh, we look forward to PGA show. We'll keep our listeners kind of updated with uh, what we see there. Um, but, yeah, anyways, thanks for uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Perfect. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time. You bet. Cool. What's up, guys? We're back from our episode with Scott. Had a great conversation with him and kind of looking at what he's got on the – 2024 horizon sounds like it's going to be a fun year for 
him and everybody involved over there. So yeah. we'll, we'll stay tuned with him and, and keep you all posted on on what he's got going on as well. Yeah, and we'll see him at the PGA show here in a couple couple a weeks. weeks. And so we'll give you guys an update there. Uh, but in the meantime, give us a follow on Instagram, uh, YouTube, and follow along in the podcast. Yep. Um, and then... I mean, last thing is just long day challenge, as we've talked about before. Coming, coming up, up in, in June. June, June 22nd. Um, only have a handful of spots left for that thing at the moment. Uh, less than 25, some somewhere less than that. So if you're looking to sign up or you got buddies that want to play and you're talking with them and you haven't nailed it down yet, get on top of that, get that taken care of soon because there's only a few spots left and they are trickling away. So really excited for that this year. Yep. Excited to possibly have Scott and his team out there as well. Yep. Um, so He's excited about that as well. So if you want to come see us, come see him and come have a good time, get signed up. There you have it. We'll catch you next week. 